You're listening to the Quince podcast. कोई अगर कंप्लेन कर रहा है तो उसकी कंप्लेन पे तो ध्यान दो तो सर कहते हैं कि आपको नहीं करना है मत करो ठीक है पर आप इस तरीके से गलत फहमी मत डालो लड़कियों में The person you just heard is Gunjan Chaudhary. We changed her name to protect her identity in this podcast. Gunjan is one of the over 50 female partners working with the home services company Urban Company, who camped outside the company's Gurgaon office on 22nd December, demanding better pay, safer working conditions, and social security. However, the company responded to this protest by filing a lawsuit against these women for their quote-unquote illegal protest. But the issue of compensation, working conditions. and social welfare is not isolated to one company or one protest but it's about the working conditions within the gig economy itself this sector is booming in india with a report by asocham which is a non-governmental trade association and advocacy group stating that over 130 million people are working for these platforms and that this industry will grow to 455 billion dollars by 2024 And with the pandemic crippling the economy and companies trimming their staff, many more have turned to the gig economy as a source of employment, where these platforms promise "quote unquote" flexibility as opposed to traditional work systems. But there is a dangerous flip side to working in the sector, with non-existent social security, complete lack of benefits as compared to a traditional workforce. So, with millions of workers employed in this sector, how are these constraints affecting them? And is this gig economy creating a scope for labor exploitation? To get an understanding of the ground reality and the problems gig workers face, we spoke to Gunjan about why urban company workers had to resort to a protest against the company. You will also hear from Rajendra Chadda, a former spa therapist working for the urban company. We also spoke to Mr. Sheikh Salahuddin, the National General Secretary of the Indian Federation of App-Based Transport Workers (IFAT), Shahana Bhattacharya, and Archana Agarwal. members of the people's union for democratic rights an independent organization which defends civil liberties and democratic rights and vakasha sasdev the quince legal editor to understand how this economy functions and its restrictions get tuned in to the big story the podcast where we dissect the headline making news for you and i'm your host himmat Let's start first with the protest that was held in Gurgaon by dozens of female gig workers with Urban Company. These workers or quote-unquote partners as they are called by Urban Company started protesting in October this year where they held a day-long strike during which they alleged that the company has been incrementally hiking commissions which is cutting the partners payout. The women protesters comprising mostly of beauticians and spa professionals have demanded safer working conditions, better payments and social security. and these demands were taken to the company as well but according to ganjan one of the protesters we spoke to they received no response from the company and had to resort camping outside the company's offices to get one according to ganjan when she and the others approached urban company with their concerns the company bluntly told them that if they are not comfortable they can refuse to work to karne se pehle hum char panch ladke milne gaye the sabse general manager sir se milne gaye the ki jab aapne ladkiyon ko flexi mein dal diye hum flexi ke upar hi baat karne gaye the कि सर फ्लैक्सी जो है कोई भी एग्री नहीं है और लड़कियों के पास काम नहीं आया तो बहुत मुश्किल हो जाएगा तो हम इसी बारे में बात करने गए थे मैं सीमा जी और दो चार लड़कियां और थी तो उन्होंने बोला कि आप इस चीज को थोड़ा सा समझो हम आप ही के लिए ये सब कर रहे हैं तो हमने एक बात रखी थी कि ठीक है सर हमारे लिए हो रहा है आप 
ठीक है कंपनी को रन करना है तो कुछ ना कुछ तो आगे थोड़ा सा लागू करना ही पड़ेगा जो लड़कियां काम नहीं उठाती हैं लेकिन कोई अगर कंप्लेन कर रहा है तो उसकी कंप्लेन पे तो ध्यान दो तो सर कहते हैं कि आपको नहीं करना है मत करो ठीक है पर आप इस तरीके से गलत फहमी मत डालो लड़कियों में तो हमारी बात इसमें थी कि सर फ्लेक्सी को थोड़ा सा तो कन्वीनियंट करो लड़की को काम तो दो लड़कियां ऐसे बिल्कुल रोड पे आ जाएंगी अगर फ्लेक्सी में आपने फ्राइडे सैटरडे संडे भी काम नहीं दिया है वो ऐसे अपना रेस्पॉन्स रेट अच्छा करेंगी फिर तो सर ने बोला कि देखो इस पे तो अभी हम बात कर रहे हैं आप बिना वजह लड़कियों को भड़का रही हो उन्होंने कोई सलूशन नहीं दिया बल्कि उल्टा हम पे ये बोल दिया कि आप भड़का रहे हो कोई प्रॉब्लम नहीं है इस चीज में आप जबरदस्ती की बातें कर रहे हाउ द प्रोटेस्ट केम अंडर द रेडर इज बिकॉज इन फर्स्ट a lawsuit has been filed by urban company against women partners protesting the company has sought an injunction from the court directing the police to make arrangements and disperse the protesters and according to gunjan the company was not receptive to their demands during the protests as well she adds that the company shut off its main gate did not allow access to washrooms and even turned off the street lights unhone light off kar di thi washroom use nahi karne diya balki They had let us use the washroom during the daylight on the first day but at night they turned off all the lights including the street lights they did not let us use the washroom we even informed them that some of the women are pregnant and even then they didn't budge theek washroom inhone use nahi karne diya humne inko bola bhi ki ladkiyan pregnant hain pregnant ko to jaane do kam se kam as i said earlier this is not an isolated incident nor is this the first time gig workers have protested in fact in hyderabad in september 2020 Over 3000 Swiggy delivery executives logged off the app in protest and demanded better payments and commissions. But why do these protests keep resurfacing? The answer lies in the way the contracts are structured with the platforms. Food delivery platforms like Swiggy or Zomato or travel platforms like Ola and Uber all around the world define their workers as contractual employees or freelancers and not as permanent employees. These companies argue that they are not an employer but a quote-unquote internet service or a quote-unquote broker. which merely seeks to connect the customer the business or service and the delivery partner vakasha sadev the quince legal editor explains that this argument and the use of this terminology is an easy way out for these platforms to avoid giving any or little employment benefits or no fixed salary this is very clever thing done by the companies where they say they're partners they're delivery partners they're service partners they're executives they use all these terms rather than saying employee or worker now when you listen to what their argument is they say oh look we're trying to you know we're, we're making giving them flexibility they don't have to work for only us they can work for someone else they get to choose which things they work on they get to choose their timings they get to choose you know this, this whole argument is made that look we uh, use this terminology we use this 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 term partner or executive or these kind of things rather than employer worker because they really aren't workers or employees that they are actually um to be viewed as partners and executives because they are being given choices they are being given the ability to uh, to work in a way which doesn't fit within an employer employee relationship or the relationship of workers uh, you know at a factory you know wage workers or someone of that sort now this is i mean how do, how does one put this politely it's 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 pretty it's it's, it's nonsensical i mean there are the words we could use for it but it really is because look i mean it, it's it's easy to try and believe this language when you see it on paper but i think the you know uh there there's mounting evidence from around the world that that's really not the case and this is something which has been now expressly recognized by courts in in the UK and in France which have held that you know uber drivers are not to be considered uh, you know as as just workers or or, or you know, are not to be considered as 
um, as being just these whatever magical contractual partners. There is there, there is a worker relationship. There is an employer-employed relationship uh, in 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 many circumstances. Now this is because of the nature of the way the work goes. Because if you look at the concept of what is an employer, what you know, who who's who, who should you be considering an employer and who should be considering a contractual you know uh, uh, person is is there, it's about control over execution of work. Is it about who has the, the power to dismiss, to appoint, to make changes to the way you are paid in terms of what your, your, your daily tasks are? Now, these are all things which, are, which determine what is actually an employer-employee relationship. Otherwise, potentially, you could have a situation where someone could be doing all of this, or where they run literally your whole life, you know, all your work, and just say, oh, you're not an employee because that's just the way the contract is. And that's not quite how it works. And the thing is that the Supreme Court has actually dealt with this issue before in uh, I mean, not in the in, in, in the context of gig workers, but in the context of workers where uh, it's been held that there is genuinely an employer-employee relationship because um, of the way in which their relationship works. So you, no matter what it says on paper, in truth, it really works like an employer-employee relationship. And that's what sort of gig workers uh, are trying to argue now. And, 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 it is, and it is something which you'd have to, to suggest is, is very much the case. I mean, you look at whether it's Swiggy and Uber workers who... Uh, you know, I mean, sure, they potentially can do both, but, you know, each of them is setting clear targets for them, the way they have to, you know, earn their money is based all of that on that, the amount of money, the remuneration is all set by Swiggy or, 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 or Zomato, and, and, and look, the thing is, you can, as I said, you can say that, look, you can do multiple things here, but at the same time, the way uh, the incentives are structured, the way once they've signed the contract, they then have, are constantly forced into updation of terms, into doing things differently, and suddenly in terms of where they'll be assigned to work, how far they have to travel to work, all of these things are purely at the discretion of the company. Um, and the thing is, you can say that, yes, they could always just leave it at any point of time, but I think, you know, that's, that's a very uncharitable way to look at, at, at all of this, and it, it really actually doesn't stand up to legal scrutiny because the courts have said that, you know, in the past, we've seen in India as well, that this kind of that, that just because you um, are giving potentially the freedom to walk away from a contract as well doesn't mean that that becomes grounds. Now, of course, that's that. This is uh, still not quite, as we've said, been held in 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 cases relating to gig workers. But you can see the argument here for what the gig workers are saying. You can see why, of course, uh, the contractual arrangements are made as they are is because they allow uh, companies to make these arguments to say we don't have to pay insurance, we don't have to pay. Over time, we don't have to give you, allow you leave. We don't have to make arrangements for you to, uh, you know, to actually uh, have the, the 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 things you need to do your job. Like if you see, for instance, they make them buy their own uniforms from them. Uh, they don't give them any uh, help with getting their mobile phones or anything at the start. They're forced to take loans from these companies for various things. I mean, it's 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 there's just so much of this stuff which is all the language of exploitation which comes up in, in a system which relies on private enterprise, which, look, at the end of the day, this is not saying that private enterprise or capitalism itself is, is, is terrible and inevitably going to lead to this. But there's a reason why you have regulations for employment for workers in, uh, you know, even in, uh, in, in societies which have capitalism, which, which function there. There are regulations, there are labor laws there, because that is always the scope of exploitation. And the point is you're supposed to be able to prevent that. The problem is that the way these contracts are structured takes these workers away from any scope of protection. But you may be asking how these companies provide their services at such affordable prices. 
That is due to how this entire gig economy business model works. The basic premise is that these platforms depend on a large pool of workers who are willing to compete with each other even at low wages. And a low-wage worker equals to a low-cost service, meaning that you as a customer are offered steep discounts at breakneck delivery times. And it's often the worker who gets exploited in the process with long working hours and insufficient income. People's Union for Democratic Rights, or PUDR, an independent organization which defends civil liberties and democratic rights, in a recent report investigated the issues that affect gig workers and found that though there is no traditional employer-employee relationship, these platforms have a lot of control over these gig workers in terms of how many times they can refuse service, to the number of required orders they have to make, to even the products that they use during a service. Shahana Bhattacharya and Archana Agarwal from PUDR, who wrote the report, explain more. Uh, what we have found is in Uber and Ola, by about 2017, the incentives are reduced. So you basically, what I think what the urban company issue yeah. now is also, that they are, they, you have to do so many uh, rides to actually get the incentive, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in this case, so, so basically that when we're saying that the, the lack of freedom you know, so you are supposed to be flexible, but you are tightly controlled, actually. So so you have to do that much uh, more work or you have to do a minimum of these many orders to actually get sort of incentives. And since this becomes has become the primary income for most of these workers, um, I, you know, it's not actually a choice uh, anymore. So, yeah. So the moment, moment, for instance, an Uber driver would log in, the moment he logs in, even in fact, even before he logs in. So once he has to register, it means that he has to obviously provide his personal details and various kinds of documentation. Then the moment he logs in, from that moment, the number of rides, the fare he charges, where he goes. I think both I and you are familiar with this idea that when we ask for an Uber driver, he will often ask us, where do you have to go? Because he does not know until he's spoken to the customer. He has no, So he has no choice of saying that, okay, I want to go there and I don't want to go there. He just knows that there is a ride which is coming. I mean, there is a uh, demand that is there, order that is there. Mm -hmm. So from where he has to go, how many rides he must do, how much waiting time is there between the orders, uh, between the next order, which will be unpaid waiting time because nobody is going to pay him for that. What is the fare that will be charged from the customer? Now, at the time when he wants to log off, so has he done the requisite number of trips? Mm -hmm. And if he refuses, like, again, this is something which would be familiar to us. Often the drivers would say, Aap cancel kar Hum cancel nahi karenge. So the reason for that is because, I mean, the, there, is a, uh, there is a show of, it, of them being completely free. But the fact is that if they do too many cancellations or too many refusals, then the refusal kind of becomes a black mark against them. And yeah. in extreme cases could lead to deactivation. So if they're deactivated from the app, this is similar to termination in a normal employer-employee world. And Gunjan Chaudhary, who works as a beautician with Urban Company, further provides evidence to this. She believes that most people join these platforms under the pretext of it being quote-unquote flexible. And that in the initial few months of joining the platform, she received a lot of assignments from the company. But alleged that these jobs started declining after a few months when the loan they had taken from the company to buy the products that they used during a service was paid off. Starting में आपको जैसे आप recent आपको training देने के बाद में live किया जाता है तो आपको एक दो महीने पता समझ ही नहीं आता कि कितना क्या कट रहा है या फिर हमें क्या benefit हो रहे हैं क्योंकि कुछ लड़कियां जब काम start करती हैं तो company में जो हमें product दिया जाता है वो loan पर भी दिया जाता है 
जो हमारी किट बनती है वो लोन पर भी बनती है तो जब तक हमारा वो अमाउंट नहीं करता तो काम अच्छा अच्छा आता है तो लगता है अर्निंग हो रही है कि हम चाहे ऑनलाइन पेमेंट आए चाहे कैश आए तो उस टाइम पे लगता है की काम आ रहा है अच्छा काम आ रहा है तो भाई ठीक है अच्छी बात है In the initial months, there is no clarity on how much you are earning or how much payment is being cut. When we start, we take the products on a loan from the company. Till the time the loan amount does not get cut, the assignments come regularly, and it feels like we are making a good income. But after a year, you start to understand the challenges and risks involved. The more the earning you have, the greater the risk there is. We only had one demand from the company, which was to increase our assignments. But what the company is doing is that they are hiring new workers and giving them good jobs and sidelining us. and the cycle goes on and on the work starts noticeably reducing after the loan amount is paid back you start getting work outside your zone which may be 15 to 16 kilometers away from the location and if that job is not very well paying then with the money spent in travel we have negligible savings किलोमीटर किलोमीटर के के and this cycle keeps going on and on agar ye aapko 20000 ka saman de rahe the wo mushkil se 4-5000 ka saman bhi nahi hota hai we got in touch with urban company for a comment as well but received no response and for the past few months gig workers have legally challenged their status as freelancers and have demanded to be classified as workers which will allow them minimal protection under the labor laws however just bringing these platforms to discuss the concerns even at a union level is proving to be very difficult Mr. Shaikh Salahuddin, who is the National General Secretary of the Indian Federation of App-Based Transport Workers or IFAT, claims that he and other union reps sought meetings with platforms like Uber or Swiggy on multiple locations in different cities, but the company's representatives regularly evaded these meetings or never showed up for them. हम इधर गवर्नमेंट को इधर कंपनीज को नंबर ऑफ टाइम्स हम रिप्रेजेंटेशन दिए चाहे मेल में हो चाहे फिजिकली उनके लोकल के जो जो भी मैनेजर्स हैं ट्रांसपोर्ट These platforms have never created an atmosphere to speak to labor unions or hear our concerns.
लेवल कैटेगरी हो कहीं पे भी इन लोग ने कंपनी ने बैठ के बातचीत करने का माहौल भी क्रिएट नहीं किया गवर्नमेंट से भी and this lack of response from the platforms led to the union to approach the supreme court in their pil filed in september 2021 the union claimed that the fundamental rights to equality and life and right against forced labor of gig workers has been violated they also demanded that gig workers should be considered as quote unquote unorganized or wage workers under the existing laws and this type of legal intervention follows the footsteps of similar attempts worldwide where courts around the world have adjudicated these claims of gig workers But will an Indian court follow the same route? Do our laws and provisions also allow for gig workers to be considered as wage or unorganized workers? According to Vakasha, it is difficult to say on how the evidential process would be proceeded in court, but that there are very strong arguments to be made to give gig workers recognition given the control platforms have on their work. Now they're saying that one, they should be recognized as there should be a recognition that this is an employer-employee relationship. um which itself which which is which is one argument as we said which can work in terms of looking at some of these previous supreme court judgments but that may not necessarily you know entirely work because if the if the court finds that you know there is a, there isn't a sufficiently high degree of control over the way they function then you know that wouldn't necessarily mean they could be called employees but in terms of being considered uh, sort of workers in the unorganized sector that is something which actually could still happen and that's a key argument being made here um is that there is an unorganized worker social security act of 2008 which says that you know the central government has to provide social security schemes for unorganized workers and what they've argued is that you know currently um there is a lack of recognition of them even within this framework so it's not just you know this is not just about the way the uh, private companies are dealing with this it's also about the way the government is is failing to recognize these workers in particular ways um it, it's there's i mean there is a, a strong argument which um me, which 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 will be interesting to see how this works but it's difficult to see where the evid- how the evidentiary process will go at the supreme court itself is there's an also an argument that you know the denial of the social security the way they're being forced to work and actually be considered as amounting to forced labor under article 23 of the constitution now um given the, the sort of control over uh, you know minimum hours of work the way uh, the work has to actually be carried out I mean this is an argument which can be it's an interesting one but of course it's 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 something which you know you may not really see the the uh, the, the courts accept but you know you never know because these contracts again remember there's no negotiation it's it's pretty much unilateral from what the what the company says basically at the end of the day this case is is not going to we don't know the the outcome it's it's at this point itself there are strong arguments there is some amount of uh, now legal precedent both from india and from abroad in terms of what can happen in this kind of matter but it it really shows up the need for i think also a degree of empathy and and, and you know of, of trying to approach these kind of matters which may seem like just purely oh it's a formal matter of oh there's a contract and that's the end of the day but there are there are bigger picture issues involved here and that is for instance also one of the reasons why in their petition to the supreme court the gig workers have also tried to raise the issue of uh, article 21 talked about the right to life and and dignity and that you know even though these things may fall within the realm of private enterprise uh, there are certain ways in which the state can regulate it or can give certain recognition for instance under the unorganized workers act where you have to start looking at some of these other considerations as well because these things aren't purely run uh, in 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 some fantasy commercial land where everyone's equal um of course as i said we still remains to be seen exactly how all of this goes uh whether we will see an uber like ruling here the way we've seen that in 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 london and in paris 
so you know it's it's something to be uh, to be kept an eye on in the future and it's something which we have to i think as a society uh, keep in mind given how important these services have become to us and you know this again raises there's a very interesting uh, part of this petition in the supreme court where they said that they should be recognized as frontline workers and if you think back to the times in lockdown when they were authorized to you know deliver food deliver items which which groceries things which we've needed these workers have been so essential to the way we've survived lockdown they've been essential they be, they were already quite essential to the way our modern indian society is if you look at the the rise of these kind of apps so you know there there has to be i think some more consideration in the way we look at at them rather than purely looking at the dry letter of of the law but you know even looking at the dry letter of the law there are strong arguments that they need to be treated better the harsh reality of the gig economy in india is startling and the question remains that only these platforms can answer is at what cost are they ensuring customer satisfaction to follow more updates regarding this story follow the quince website if you like listening to this episode please subscribe to the big story for episodic updates we are available on apple google podcast spotify geosaban and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms for other podcasts please log on to the quint website and for any feedback please shoot an email to podcast@thequint.com Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint website and check out our other podcasts.